You're listening to the Missionary Perspective Podcast with veteran missionaries Eric Johnson and Joshua Mead. We're glad you could join us. We trust this podcast will be both a blessing and a challenge as we relate topics in world evangelism from a missionary perspective. Now, here's Josh and Eric. Well, good morning, Josh. So great to see you this morning. How are things going with you and your family today? I guess we're now in the middle of, uh, for us, it's Missions Month, and we're so excited to be talking missions. And today, one of those kind of important parts of missions, something we're going to be discussing. But before that, just kind of fill us in, Josh. What's what's new with you guys today? I really enjoyed uh, those two um, uh, uh, sessions and podcasts with Julie. I'll be honest, for me, the first one was very difficult. I had to pause it a number of times. I'm I'm a I'm kind of a crier myself, and so I kind of have to take people's uh, difficulties in stride. And so, so how, how, how are the uh, Meads doing there in Africa today? Oh, we're doing great. And I'm so thankful that Julie agreed to go on the podcast there. She did a great job mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she just did. has a very powerful testimony, you know, that a lot of people can relate to, especially those who've gone through loss and everything. And so uh, it just amazes me. And we are talking today about a topic of calling and missions and uh, it was neat how, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to Julie's uh, testimony, because part of what she shares is, is she yes. never sensed a personal calling to missions. And yet she was surrendered and willing to do whatever God had for her. And the Lord led her right. and I together. And uh, obviously that included a call to go to the foreign mission field. So we'll talk more about that later, but yeah, we are doing great and uh, just staying busy here. We uh, earlier this week hosted a seminar with some church leaders and uh, church members, uh, just trying right. to encourage them to uh, use uh, mediums that are available to communicate the gospel. Uh, Pastor Malik did a tremendous job presenting kind of a philosophy and an approach that we're trying to encourage churches here to take in evangelism, which is to really adopt the the Wolof mindset and the culture here to to contextualize yourself if you're not indigenous, not born into the Wolof or the Senegalese culture. Uh, but if you're from another country, from another African country, if you're from you know the states or Canada, and you're doing evangelism to really try to apply what the Apostle Paul said by he himself became all things to all men. He didn't change the gospel message, all right, but he would um, he would adapt himself to the context of the people to whom he was reaching while remaining under the law to Christ, right? And so uh, it was great. Pastor Malik did a tremendous job at presenting that. Uh, we talked a little bit about the technical aspects of how we use social media to, to evangelize. And then the ultimate goal is to create a network of uh, solid disciple makers throughout the country. Uh, we want to start an institute here soon where we're going to train disciples, uh, followers of Christ that are scattered throughout the country, train them to be ambassadors for Yakar Jusach, our ministry here, so that when we have a contact who's seeking more information about the gospel, we can put them in contact with somebody on the ground. We can have boots on the ground that we've trained that has resources available to us. And as that develops and is cultivated, we would then come in later with the team and do some on the ground evangelism, Bible training, Bible study, 
with the hopes that all of that eventually will develop a church, that a church would go out of that. So yeah, we're on the, just as exciting to see the response. Many are excited uh, to get involved and uh, see the vision. And so it was a great week, uh, busy for sure, as I'm sure you guys have been busy. How has, uh, we kind of took a couple week break there where Julie and I were doing the podcast and uh, how has your week been? How you guys have been these past couple weeks. We haven't chatted much just because of how busy we've been. And yeah, we're just staying busy like you guys. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we're in missions month, which is one of the more exciting months for our church family. Uh, we've had our old teammates came in last weekend and had a great time. Um, we have uh, another guest preacher coming in next week. And so really just putting missions before the people. We've got a whole slew of new members this year that this will be their first missions conference and missions um, faith promise. So it's just very exciting. It's exciting to be part of uh, missions in general. And that's kind of what we're, we're all about today. Exactly. Today we are going to discuss the call of God specifically as it relates to uh, going into ministry on the mission field. Okay. So mm. we're going to try to somewhat define what is the call of God biblically, because that's your starting point for uh, anything you do in the Christian life. What does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible indicate? And then we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, is there a specific call to missions? Uh, we're going to try to maybe demystify some of the uh, misunderstandings out there about the call to missions particular. And uh, we'll share a little bit about our personal experience. Uh, earlier, when we first started the podcast, one of the first uh, gentleman to contact us online. This was the first question that he asked. We would maybe a topic he asked that we would discuss is uh, how, how do I know if I'm called to the mission field and how do I know where I'm supposed to go and all of that. So we, we're not going to get to everything today on this broad scope of discussion, but as much as we can fill in, in this hour, we're just going to share, kind of have a conversation about it. And, uh, and we'll just go from there and see if, uh, see if this develops maybe into uh, more of a theme and later podcast. So remind us again, when did you, we've already discussed it. When did you sense the call? When did you know that this, this is my purpose? This is what God ha is putting on my heart to do. I would say it was probably really kind of two steps, maybe three, if you specifically talk about when I felt called specifically to the Dominican Republic. The first step really was a missions trip I took as a 23-year-old with my home church uh, to India, of all places. And as I've mentioned before, I grew up in rural West Virginia. Then I moved down to the suburbs of Washington, D.C., uh, but I still had never been out of the country. And so for me, going to India was very eye-opening, um, very uh, emotional, intellectually stimulating, and yet at the same time, very uh, fulfilling because we're there on a missions trip. But Really what struck me, and we'll talk about this a little later on specifically, was just the vast amount of people and the great, great need. And I remember coming home thinking, wow, I'm really not doing much. You know, even in my own local church, I'm not doing much. I need to serve. I, I, the idea of being a missionary was so far down the line, but I think it struck me that, boy, we, I just, I, I, I need to do more. I'm not doing much with my life other than what I want to do. So the first thing I did was get involved serving. And very shortly, Josh, after getting involved in my local church and specific ministries, boy, I just felt this, this flame that had been started just started to grow. 
And uh, it was just a few months later. So that's like June. We went uh, to India, October 31st. I remember specifically the day. It was our revival, fall revival. And a dear friend of our pastor, Morris Gleiser, was preaching a message about really just giving your life and everything to the Lord. And it was just like the Lord said, you know, I've been, I've been preparing these last few months for this specific time. Uh, I think I kind of felt at the time it was going to be foreign missions just because what my eyes have been presented with a few months earlier. But just really saying, you know, you have everything, Lord. I I'm going to do this. And um, you just now need to direct me. And then later on, we'll talk a little bit later on uh, how the Lord directed specifically the Dominican Republic. But really, it was just I honestly, Josh, I tell everybody. You know, be careful when you go on missions trips because God opens your eyes. And uh, that's that's, you know, it's a, a, a testimony people have heard many, many times from the pulpit, probably for missionaries. And I was just another one. Do you think, OK, obviously anybody who's been on a missions trip doesn't come away unchanged. I mean, it, it, it's impactful. All right. Anytime you go on a mission trip, anytime you, you see the needs in a foreign country, or anytime you're sitting in church during a missions conference and you see the video and the needs in the world <clears throat> and how so many people are, are unreached with the gospel. Do you think making the decision to go to a foreign field, you do need something more than just the desire to go? Like there's this burning passion within me, man, I really want to do it. Is, is desire to go enough or do you need to have a specific call that you know in your heart? And we're going to get to how do you like confirm that? How do you know it's God calling and it's not just a strong emotion? Mm -hmm. Okay. But would you say, yeah, it's more than just an emotion. Right. Is it more than just the need that's drawing you? Do you need to know in your heart that this is a calling of God? What would you say? Well, I, I, I definitely think it has to be more than uh, that desire. Now it's interesting. I do, I do have this sense in remembering before I went. Maybe because I'm, I tend to romanticize things and get you know, I get emotional and excited about things. I, I really like it, excited about things. I think I even remember in my devotions in May before we went on this trip, thinking, "Now you're going to go on this trip, and you're going to really like helping people, you know." And right now you're working in a cubicle and you're going you know, you're doing your daily grind and you're not really doing much for anybody else. So that I already knew my heart that when I get back, I knew that I'm like, that's the thing I want to do. I want to go be Indiana Jones and, you know, trailblaze and all those kinds of things. So I already had a sense of my own heart, knowing that that would be a pull probably after we go on one of these trips. And it was a tremendous trip uh, later on when Holly's finally on, we'll talk about it because she was actually on that trip as well. Um, but Coming back, I realized as much as I wanted to help people, I think I realized I need to actually learn how to serve those I love most. And in that case, it was my brother who I was living with as a roommate in my own local church. But I do think what happens is God will take the fan, uh, the, the flame of desire, and he has to couple with a, a, a life that's prepared. I mean, you have to be uh, and we could talk about that later on as well. well as being, you know, being someone who's properly prepared, uh, and also just knowing that this could work for your life. Not every single person has, um, whether it be the stage of life or the decisions they made pre previously, can be called to do what missionaries do. And so I think a lot of it is desire, uh, and we could talk about that later. But I think a lot of it's also preparation and understanding you know, how God can use you in this great plan. And so I think it's a combination of things. 
I would 100% agree. There's a lot that goes into it, right? Um, for my personal experience, I was 13 years old. I had at a previous, the year before I had surrendered to full-time Christian service. And then the way that God did it in my heart, and I think the way God leads each of us, and this is what's amazing about, about how the Lord works, right? Um, and we'll look at a minute at the actual word called in the scriptures, the word mm -hmm. called um, in the Greek specifically has it has a connotation of an invitation, a personal invitation, right? And God's invitation to what he has planned for us is personalized to each and every one of us. That's what I love about, I mean, it's amazing that God is so, with all that God has to occupy him, right? He's, he's the king of the universe, that he would look at a minuscule nobody, you know, and say, hey, I have a specific plan for you that I am going to tailor to, to prepare you so that you will be ready when you are, uh, when I want you to fulfill this calling. And for me, I think the way that God called me was an anchor for today where I'm on the mission field in a very, very difficult place where you don't see a lot of results. And you can question mm -hmm. often, did I, did I get it wrong? It, was I really called? And maybe sometimes mm -hmm. when just like the desert here, you go through a dry time, you question whether, man, you don't sense the presence of God. Is God really working? My mind always goes back to when God specifically called me when I was 13 on a missions trip, I was absolutely clueless about what it meant to be a missionary what it meant to live overseas. I was clueless to what it meant to be a pastor. Even though my grandfather was a pastor, I knew you, he just leads a church preaches and things like that. But I was just, I was not at all even thinking about what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And at the final day of that missions conference, it was just this overwhelming sense in my heart this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And it came out of nowhere. And I think mm -hmm. that for you, you explained there were steps. It was a process over time. And God works that way in many people's hearts and lives. For me, it was just, this is what you're doing. I'm opening up the window. You're going to mm -hmm. see into the future. This is what your life is. This is your calling. And I think God reveals that calling in different way. Now, Here's my next question, right? For mm -hmm. me, the way that God tailored his call to me is an anchor for me because I can always look back on the tough days here in Senegal and say, hey, I didn't ask for this. This wasn't even a desire. This just came out of nowhere <laughs> and God did it. I wasn't even thinking about it and nobody was putting pressure on me. Have you ever run mm -hmm. into any anybody who either was in full-time ministry or they're struggling with being on the mission field or they've left the mission field. And they said, you know, I feel like I was kind of manipulated into making the, the decision to go into missions or to be in full-time ministry. I, I've, sh I've had many share with me. Uh, it's not a large number, but I've had several share with me that they said, you know, I, my family told me, Hey, you're gifted. You're a natural speaker. You have these gifts. And my church would say, Oh, you'd be an evangelist or you'd be great at this. But I never personally had that sense, but I did it anyways. And either they, you know, they end up leaving ministry because they didn't have that calling. And so 
is this calling something that, you know, you can get it wrong, right? Have, have you had that experience? Have you, has anybody ever shared that with you? That's interesting. Um, maybe not specifically in those terms. Um, I could say maybe from a distance, I was close to a, a particular church in a youth group where maybe once one or two of the young men surrendered, it maybe became something cool in a sense, or uh, these guys are surrendering, so I'm going to do it too. And um, the truth of the matter is when it comes to something like missions, especially when it comes to preparing on deputation, language study, and getting to the field, if the Lord hasn't called you, if that, if that is not right, you, usually we're going to wash out. It's, you're not going to get there. I have seen a few gentlemen, I believe, had the desire um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't think they misunderstood God's call. I think God might be preparing them for different things. Uh, they never got to the mission field. And I think that is also okay that God makes it tough sometimes to get here. Uh, he made it tough on missionaries many, many years ago to get on a boat and do a yeah. lot of language training. And, and so I don't think making it tough to get here. I hear sometimes people saying, well, I'd, I'd do it if it was just, you know, I didn't have to do this, this, and this. I'm like, well, if that's the case, you're probably, you're probably not going to make it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So I, but I have not really, Josh, had a whole lot of people who felt pressured into that. And it's funny you say that because I was thinking uh, a little bit about that idea of preparation. And though now I can look back at my own personal life and see how even as a young, young guy, young teenager, God allowed me and developed certain traits in me with my friends as far as uh, preparing things that now I use in the mission field that I didn't even know 25 right. years ago. I Certainly. see my own children, and I think you see it in your own children and other missionary children. There's probably not a better breeding ground for preparation for future missionaries. At the same time, we as parents want to be careful not to always, as you're mentioning, push that idea on our kids. We really want yeah. it to be from the Lord. And so that that's kind of, I actually haven't had a lot of people that I've met have had that experience. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think the call of God into specifically the work of evangelism on the foreign field. All right. Mm-hmm. I think that call to full time service to be a servant of the church, to be an, an ambassador of Christ, to go forth. It is a very specific calling that God places on an individual and that. I think we need to make sure we understand surrender to ministry is not the same thing as the call to ministry. And so you may have the desire, but the scriptures lay out specifically when it comes to leading a church, for example, as a pastor, when the apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, if any man desires, okay, he didn't say if any man's called to be a pastor, he says, if any man desires to be a pastor, Okay, so if you have the desire, then what does he do? He lists qualifications, right? And I think that's what you're hinting right. at. There, there's a process mm-hmm. to go through to confirm that calling um, because God does reveal that calling in different ways. Now, I do believe that there is an individual calling that is something that God has decreed mm-hmm. for you before you were even born. Let me read what Paul said in Galatians 1.15. Um, He said, but when it pleased God, and he's specifically talking about uh, the way his life trajectory went from being born, you know, as a Jew Mm -hmm. and, you know, growing up 
as this well-educated uh, in the in the Greek system, the Roman system, and at the same time he was he was at the top level of the Pharisaical system. He understood the law, being a doctor of the law, with all of his experience, and then his zeal to persecute the church, and then that that call to, you know, to come to salvation and his surrender immediately mm -hmm. upon salvation to do whatever it is, Lord, you want me to do. And then immediately being called to go to the nations and become this, this missionary. I mean, it just, it happened so quickly for Paul. And yet he said in Galatians 1:15, when it pleased God who separated me. Okay. I think that's an important part of understanding the call to ministry. You're being separated. All right you're being called out of the assembly of the church of believers who are already called out of the world under Christ. You're being separated to a very specific work. Okay. That God has, I believe the calling is to a work. All right. I think that's what, and it's a work that God is going to lead you and to develop you through the Holy spirit's leading. And he says, he separated me from my mother's womb. And he called mm -hmm. me by his grace. So this is something that God had already decreed, right? Paul is going to be a missionary and give a witness before kings and before nations and before the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And yet Paul never realized that call until he first surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. So the primary calling mm -hmm. that every believer is called to is what? To the Lord Jesus. Would you speak a little bit about that? Are, we're all called to Christ. Right. And that's something yeah. that you, you got to get that right before you can realize that specific calling. Obviously for missionaries uh, listening and those who know Josh and I, and the apostle Paul is, you know, our, our prime example after Lord Jesus Christ as, as a missionary. And I love that passage there. You've read in there in Galatians. I also, one of my favorite verses as we're talking about, this is found in first Timothy uh, one, where he says, and I, first Timothy one twelve, and I think Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me. I love that word enabled for that. He had counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry and yeah. how it's the Lord who enables us. It's the Lord who puts us in the ministry. And I remember when I was in Bible college, a well-known pastor who I believe I might even mentioned this before in the one of the podcasts that he has sent out from his church, multiple, like 30, some um, church planners, missionaries, and he basically got so used to, as he would preach about the need, not only in America, but around the world, young men coming to his office. And basically, a young man would sit down and he would say, Pastor, how do I know that the Lord, I, I have this, 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 this sense of something going on in my life. How do I know the Lord is calling me into ministry? And he would say, well, I know that you are already. And, and the young man would say, well, how do you know that? He said, well, because you're here. You're here in my office. You know, it's obvious the Lord is already working on your heart. Now, obviously, there are other things to talk about there. Yeah. There's your wife. There's, there's yeah, ministry. But, I, but this, this gentleman had such a, uh, an experience that basically it happened so many times that if the, if the guy had already got to his office and was sitting down and talking about it, he felt pretty confident this young man was already called into the ministry. And I think that's kind of a little bit what we're talking about today is the demystifying. And, and I have never met, maybe you have, Josh, I have never met a person who I felt had the strong desire to go serve, who had been prepared properly, had the Lord through the circumstances of life, had the, the, the family ready to go. And he basically sitting there, but I, you know, God hasn't called me yet. I mean, I'm, I'm, this person may exist, mm -hmm. but I've never met him. 
And right, I think right. sometimes this idea that, you know, it is going to always be in a church service, you know, in a revival. I mean, I think God works that way many times. He did my life. He did on a mission trip with you, but there's so many components to it and it's desire. It's preparation. Yeah. It's, it's knowing that the Lord has called us to a specific area of the world, but when the Lord starts preparing in the other areas, he prepares in all of the areas. And so that's kind of, when I read these scriptures, I see how Paul says, yeah, this was my, you know, the Lord destined, the Lord elected me, the Lord sent me to do this. He prepared me. This is what his plan was. We just don't know it until it starts happening. Exactly. And that's the way God works, because sometimes, you know, if he was to open up our eyes to see what all we will be involved with, you know, in the future, it'd be overwhelming sometimes, but there is that, <laughs> that's that true. there's that <laughs> process we have to submit to uh, for God to prepare us for the work that he has for us. So if he's called us to a specific work, then we're under apprenticeship to the Holy Spirit to prepare us for that work. And I always try to tell young guys preparing for the mission field, look, yes, you should develop a sense of urgency that I, I need to get got this work done. I need to get to the mission field. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, don't rush ahead of God's forming and God's plan and how God is preparing you. Um, yes. Look at the trajectory of, of Paul, right? He understood. He surrendered to Christ. He got saved. He understood immediately um, that he was going to be a missionary to the world. He was going to uh, give testimony before, before kings and, and nations and all of that. And yet what's one of the first things he did was go to the desert and he was trained, mm -hmm. you know, specifically Man. by the Lord to, to understand the gospel. And he was given this formation. <laughs> so there's, there's a forming process being rooted in the gospel, understanding to know how to properly present the gospel to, to, to all of that aspect. And then what happened next? Well, Barnabas went up to Antioch and he thought, Hey, the apostle Paul's going around. He's, he's preaching different places. Uh, he's clearly gifted. He's clearly has the call of God on his life, even though it may not be fully realized in the sense of Paul doing the actual work that he's being called to do, but he's fulfilling what he knows at this time I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, I'm doing everything I know I'm supposed to be doing right now. And if you get the right now, <clears throat> correct, then God is going to prepare you for what he has for you down the road. And Barnabas said, Hey, I, I recognize that God is doing something in your life. Why don't you come up to Antioch with me? And it wasn't until Paul was in Antioch that God said, all right, now is the time to launch out and do this mission work, this mm -hmm. epic, you know, traveling mission work that I have for you. But again, that, was then confirmed, not just through Barnabas seeing Paul, God's working in Paul's life. The church itself was the one who understood the Holy Spirit was saying, separate me for Paul and Barnabas. So did you have anybody in your life like a Barnabas who recognized God's calling on your life? Maybe you didn't fully realize what his calling entailed, but they recognized in it, it in your life and began to help you cultivate that. You know, it's interesting. I probably didn't have one as far as the calling of missions goes. I've had so many wonderful people in my life. But for me, I think it was more maybe once the call had happened and I was pointed in a specific direction. Uh, there was a yep. missionary yep. who was here um, on the mission field. And, you know, the, the more time I spend on the mission field, 
the more I realized how much he gave of himself um, to allow me to come into his home, to learn what missions was all about, to take me on, on survey trips. And so once the Lord had directed me specifically to the Dominican Republic, uh, this gentleman really took of his time to explain uh, New Testament biblical missions on the ground in the Dominican Republic. And I really don't think we would have had nearly as good a start in the ministry the first five years if this person had not invested that kind of time with me. And, you know, that person's not here anymore. And uh, they had some health needs and had to leave. But I still will, will, will remember his testimony and try to invest my life in future missionaries and be that Barnabas uh, when when I had such a great example. So, yeah, I think we all have those along the way for me. It was a little further down the line once I was on the way to becoming a missionary. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, at a young age, I knew very specifically, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to be a missionary. Uh, shortly after God called me and put that on my heart, uh, we joined Fostoria Baptist Church, church that has to this day a very strong missions emphasis. And um, we've sent out missionaries, you know, from our church and we love missions. We love missionaries. And it was just the perfect uh, kind of training grounds as a teenager to just be exposed to more missionaries, even than I had been as a kid. And to just see that, that fervency and, and heart as a church for missions. And what I loved about being a part of a, a place like Faustoria Baptist church, where missions was such a big deal was that it's not just the pastor who had a heart for missions, but the church had a heart for missions. And so they were sensitive mm -hmm. to seeing, not only did they want to send out young people from the church, they were sensitive to, to know how to pray for and cultivate those that they recognize God was working through. Now, when you're in a church like Faustoria, there's going to be a lot of young people and there'll be a lot of couples that <laughs> will start feeling, man, am I called man? I, every time a missionary's coming in, like every other Sunday, they're showing a video and I just can't help, but feel this emotion mm -hmm. and desire. Now we've already established that you need more than just a heartfelt emotion or a desire mm -hmm. uh, to go to the mission field. You have to know God is calling you. So let's say, all right, I kind of feel God is calling me. Um, and I also believe maybe we'll develop this thought a little more <laughs> in a second, but I do believe that when God calls you, okay, that specific calling, it's always going to be to church work of some kind. It's going to be in the context of church, church planting, uh, evangelism. You're going to be under the umbrella of the authority of church, of Christ's church, okay, of the local church. And when he sets you aside for a work, uh, like look at Acts 13, and we'll look at that in a minute, but God called mm -hmm. Paul and Barnabas and separated them to send them out to a work. Right. But it, what it was basically doing is the Holy spirit saying, I'm, I'm calling them to another work, which is to plant churches and plant the gospel so that churches can be cultivated. So how, how is that call confirmed? Right. So, all right. I know God's calling me and I, I'm going to be involved in church work. What, what goes into, right. For me, I've written down three primary, um, uh, three primary things or whatever points that, that need to be used in order to not only evaluate, but to confirm a calling. But let's start with kind of your thoughts on that. So you feel this strong desire. Uh, we might've mentioned a little bit, but how do you go through the process of getting that confirmed? 
Well, I think the first thing, as we mentioned earlier, and we won't necessarily get into all the details, is you need to look at the requirements that the Lord puts out in the Word of God. Right. I mean, if we don't fulfill right. those, obviously, we don't go forward. And I think one of the ways that's also um, manifested in our life and affirmed, I believe, is first and foremost through your pastor, through your spiritual leadership. Uh, the very first thing I did, and by the way, your parents as well, like if you're a young person, uh, and you're still underneath your parents or they're very influential still in your life. I think, uh, yeah. you know, obviously I wanted the parents, my parents direction with the person I chose to be my wife. Well, I wanted the same thing when it comes to a spiritual calling to see what my parents thought about it. And so right. for me, the really the first set of people I talked to were my parents and my pastor. And, you know, I think that was one of the ways where when I first talked to my pastor, I think my pastor had, once again, had had many people in his office and he was very excited about it. But I think one of his suggestions was what I am doing, which is make sure that you're serving the Lord right there, as we see in Acts 13, serving right there in the local New Testament church. But every step of the way, as I prepared, my pastor would affirm that my parents would affirm that. And, you know, as we now we also Josh, Josh and I are part of a, a mission board. That's another affirmation you get is you if you've gone further down the road. You know, I know people who got to the mission board and the mission board saw a lot of red flags that maybe other people along the way, for whatever reason, mm. uh, didn't. And so I think the Lord puts godly people along our paths that once the word of God has affirmed it, once just our desire has been affirmed, I think godly people around us can say, you know, that is great. I, I see that. Or people who love us will say, boy, are you sure? Maybe you should pray on that one a little longer. <laughs> and I, I think those are, I'm sure you have some more points, but that that's the first thing that comes to mind is that spiritual leadership, those who know us best, kind of coming alongside and seeing that same desire, how it can be manifested in the work around the world. Absolutely. You know, those three points that I wrote down is exactly what you just said. It begins with scripture, right? You go to scripture. What is, that's our authority for faith and practice. So clearly the scripture is <laughs> the authority for what qualifies as somebody being called, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just say, well, I'm called to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm called to go uh, uh, start a farm and, you know, some uh, foreign country somewhere. That's, that's great. If you want to do that, if you <laughs> sense that as like a life calling, you know, that you have this, this project you want to accomplish, but we're talking specifically about the work of the ministry, which is specifically involved in church work, right? Now there's a lot today that falls under the umbrella of missions that isn't, <laughs> and I, I want to be careful. Yes. It's not biblical missions. All right. Yeah. It can be Christian yeah. missions because you're, you're doing charity, uh, you're doing outreach, you're, you're helping the poor. And all of that is important. We do a lot with our ministry here, Absolutely. reaching out, helping. We built the school mm -hmm. in a village here and, it, you know, everybody in the village is Muslim. Um, and we did that because we want an avenue to be able to preach the gospel. And we also wanted a building we could gather sure. to have people meet. So come so we could share the gospel. But our calling is not to come and build schools. Uh, that's not the calling that God separated me unto to do that work. Now, it can happen. It's something that we do in order to fulfill the ultimate work. But when you talk about I'm specifically called to ministry, it's under the umbrella of church work. Church, Because all of the ministry, read Ephesians 4 the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, 
They are gifts to the church for the edifying of believers, for the building up of the saints, so that we all come in the unity of the faith unto a perfect man. And so God is developing his church. Jesus is growing his church, and he chooses and separates those he desires, those he calls to fulfill that work. And then Jesus being the Lord of the harvest, Jesus being the one who sends out laborers, he places us where he desires. And that's why we need to be sensitive to where am I called to go to fulfill this work. And so number one, yeah, you start with scripture. What is the qualification for me personally? If I'm not meeting the qualifications in scripture, then I'm obviously not called. I may have the desire, but I don't meet these qualifications. Scripture, mm -hmm. anything that's done in the church is under the authority of scripture. That's our final authority for faith and practice. So the call to mission work, the call to the work of God must be categorized by the scripture. And then secondly, it's, you know, we mentioned this, I think it has to do with your service. Every individual believer is called to be holy, right? The scripture says, is he which hath called you is holy. So be ye holy, all right? So we're called, we're invited to, to not only be saved and to come to Christ and have the forgiveness of sins, but we're called to be holy and live holy. And so that's part of the qualification. If you are living in a way that is not pleasing to the Lord, you're outside the boundaries of that qualification that needs to be made right. Uh, we also have what we're called to service, right? Uh, Paul talks about being walking worthy of the calling wherewith we are called to the vocation. And then he talks about that vocation for every believer, which is a certain behavior that God accepts of us. And I find it interesting too, uh, when you look in scriptures, uh, first and second Thessalonians, uh, there's, there's a verse in, um, in Jude, it talks about being uh, those who are sanctified, Jude said, and called. Uh, Thessalonians talks about that. Paul talks about being sanctified and called. Revelation 17, 14 says, they who are called, uh, they who are with Christ are called and chosen and faithful. And I think you see in the general call of all believers, there is a correlation to that personal calling to Christ and our sanctification. And so as we are growing in our walk with the Lord and attached, we will be serving the Lord. And that's an <clears throat> indication. I think if you're not serving faithfully, all right, in your local church that you're a part of, that's might be an indication that, look, there, there's not a call on your life. All right. And if you do sense the call, well, the first thing you do is get more plugged into service in your local church. And then lastly, it's through confirmation of the assembly of the church itself, beginning with the leadership of the church, beginning with your pastor and the deacons and the spiritual leaders of your church, they're going to be able to confirm what God is doing in your life. And I think just as essential that you know, in your heart, the Holy spirit has called you to this work. I think the church has to be just as confident, the local church that you are a member of, uh, has to be just as mm -hmm. confident that you are called to go do this work. Because again, let's follow this logic. If the calling of God is to church work, okay, whether it's evangelism, mission work, wherever it might be, and you must fall under the umbrella of the authority of scriptures, okay, then as soon as you sense that call, the only way you can fulfill that call 
is through the local church. There's no other way to fulfill the call of God except through the local church. <clears throat> and, um, and so, yeah, if you're, you're kind of going rogue and saying, you know, I, I knew a young guy, he's like, well, my pastor just doesn't feel like I'm, you know, missions is for me. And so he went to like three or four different churches until he finally found somebody that was like, oh yeah, no problem. We'll send you out. That's, <laughs> you know, I, that's not how it works, you know, and he never ended up and recipe. Field. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think that's so mm -hmm. important. Those, those aspects, you got to get those in line. And sometimes that, that part of serving in your local church, maybe the leadership in your church, maybe it might take longer than what your desire is to go. You might have a strong desire to go, but that confirmation through your leadership of your church, they might say, Hey, we, we don't sense you're ready yet. I would caution young men, listen to that. Uh, make sure that your local church and your pastor, man, that they, that they're sensitive to that and that they're on board uh, because the Holy spirit will always confirm his work through the local church, the body of Christ. It's just how God works. hundred um, percent. I have actually seen that a few times as you're mentioning where someone felt the call in their mind, they felt prepared and their pastor church family wasn't behind it. I remember a specific case in a person and they, they did struggle as they tried to go to the mission field. It didn't work. In this case, they waited. They were single at the time. And what ended up happening, and this person now is a missionary, really was maturity had to take place. They grew up. They got married. And I think they moved to another part of the country and found a church that wanted to get behind them. And I'm sure if you talk to that person now, they look back and say, you know, my pastor back in the day was right. I just wasn't ready yet. It wasn't that the desire wasn't there and that wasn't taking the right steps for preparation. It just it had to do with maturity. And so trust those you love around you, trust them. Um, most people don't want to hinder people getting to the mission field. So if they love and care about you enough to throw up some red flags, listen to them. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this question. All right, let's get into, <laughs> all right you've been called to ministry. Uh, you sense it, you know, in your heart, you're called of God. Do you think there are young men out there? Are there maybe pastors in the States? Okay. That were called. Okay. And the call is to a work. The call is to the work of a pastor, maybe the work of an evangelist. It's called, it's a calling to fulfill this work through the local church. Okay. Do you think maybe there might be some young men that were called and should have been on the mission field, but maybe they missed it and they're fulfilling the work because the call, do you think you're called to a place or are you led to a place? Because mm -hmm. I, the work, cause Paul went all over, right? God didn't say go here. Mm -hmm. Let's okay. Go to act 16. The apostle Paul was trying to get in all these different countries. God kept closing the door so like who was leading Paul? Paul said, I'm going to go to Bithynia and Holy Spirit's like, wait, 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 stop. Then he said, well, I'll go to Asia. Well, hold on, hold on. And then finally he received that Macedonian vision uh, and knew and confirmed that, okay, this is where God wants me. Is the calling to full-time ministry, is the call to where, is that on the same level, would you say? Would you say that maybe there's some people serving in the States who should be on the mission field? That is a loaded question. I'm going to say that. Uh, that is <laughs> got a lot of tentacles, we might say. Yes. And, and to be honest, the 
the amount of research that I've done and the praying over that, that, that probably doesn't have a exact answer from scripture, but I will say this. I think you and I were discussing this a few weeks ago. So I started pondering that considering that I even listened to a, a message that I had never seen before this gentleman. He was, he was going on and describing um, the great commission and describing this idea of reaching every tribe and nation, every ethnic group. And he pointed something out in scripture that I had never seen. And I think if you take a look at the missionaries we see in the New Testament, each and every one of them, the Lord used them in different ways. They had different kinds of callings. You think of Paul, you know, he's that tip of the spear kind of guy. He's going to all these unreached people. So you have your apostle Paul missionaries. And, and I, I would say of the dearth of missionaries around the world, we need way more apostle Paul missionaries. He won't say it right now, but I knew from the day I met Josh, he was an apostle Paul kind of missionary. He don't want to talk about it, but that's true. And I do believe there are specific preparations in heart's desire God's put puts on people's heart, but he does have Timothy missionaries. I believe that I'm a Timothy missionary. I, I am in a region where the word has reached, but it is more about developing the leadership around and, yes. and expanding the churches, but it, it's more, it's more of a pastoral role than so much, even that first tip of the spear going to unknown groups. Absolutely. Then you have Aquila Priscilla, you have Barnabas, mm -hmm. you have uh, a John Mark. There are a lot of John Mark missionaries who, who start off well, then have problems and then come back in the ministry. And so this idea of being specifically called to a place, maybe so you definitely get called into the work, but I think, for me, soon after seeing the Dominican Republic and having been to India, having been to Bolivia, having uh, been to the Dominican Republic, even though I could not have expressed it until recently reading and listening to this message from this pastor, I think early on, as we push out from the shore and go towards you know, the, the, the masses, go towards the unreached, the Lord kind of finds our puzzle pieces and puts us in the right spots. And I honestly believe the greatest need in the world is this idea, as you mentioned earlier, people who come to you say, well, there's so many needs back home. And honestly, Josh, there are so many people back home to cover those. The need is right. out there. And you pretty much just need to throw, as you did before, spin a globe or throw a dart at the, at the map and, you know, allow the Lord, give him the control of your life to, to take a, the helm of the ship, if you will. He knows your abilities. He knows your strengths, your weaknesses. He knows the things you like and dislike, and he's going to put you in the right spot. I think so much of the call is once we feel the desire, once we've affirmed it, the scripture and those around us is getting in the ship and letting getting out of the, off the shore and just saying, Lord, I think you're going to direct me. I'm going to trust you now. And I think as a teenager, I remember thinking about the idea of missions. And I think to me, that was the greatest fear that Satan had perpetuated in my life was this idea that if I ever surrendered to something that big, I would never enjoy it. And that's <laughs> the thing when I go home hmm. and I talk to teenagers and I talk to young people say, listen, the biggest lie that Satan has put out in the world today is that if you serve the Lord, if you're willing to serve the Lord, you're not going to enjoy it. It's the greatest lie because the truth of the matter, there's so many unhappy people in churches today or not in church 
because they're doing what they want to do instead of doing what God wants to do. And they're, they're miserable. And so I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know specifically the answer to that question, but I think that's not necessarily, I don't think that I can, I can know exactly, but I think it has a lot to do with surrender and allowing God to show you what kind of missionary he has for you. And I think there are, Josh, I think there are a lot of people who had a lot of those steps. They had the affirmation from scripture. They, they had the preparation, the desire. They just, they just never set out off the shore. I agree with that. I, what is, okay. We've kind of established, <clears throat> and obviously we could go much deeper into what that implication is, but I, I think we've kind of touched on and established <clears throat> that a call to full-time ministry, that is a re- requirement, I think, to go to do mission work specifically in the context of church planting. Obviously, I think there's those who can, you know, I think of a couple that came here from South Africa and they just moved up here and said, uh, you know, we want to start a farm here in Senegal. And uh, if Mm. we can be a blessing to believers in the church here, we're going to use it for that. And they do like, they weren't called into full-time ministry. They came here and started Mm -hmm. a business and um, they do very well for themselves and they do help encourage believers Mm. and, and do other work. And so, you know, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird dynamic, right. For, for foreign mission work. I've always held, and I still believe this, that it's something that anybody who's called of God can do. I really believe that. I believe it's something that Mm -hmm. anybody who knows they're called Mm -hmm. of God, any Christian can do mission work. Cause you know what it's like, you go back in the States and you'll hear young people or, or, you know, adults and they'll, they'll say to you, I can never do what you're doing. And I think, yes, yes, you could, you know, God, cause I'm, I'm not doing this on my own strength and my own power. Obviously, as you mentioned, God is going to fit you for the place that he leads you to and the work he has called you to. But I mean, I, I really believe if you could uproot yourself and by God's grace, move to another country, go move to Dominican and just join the church down there, learn Spanish and just be a, be a Christian in that community mm-hmm. and live it out. You know, it's possible, but here's the thing about full-time foreign Christian work as a missionary. I believe anybody could do it, but I I've now come the longer I'm on the mission field, the more I realize I don't think just anybody should do it. Okay. It's not just, not just anybody should do it. So that's where this, this dynamic is of, yes, we need more laborers. There's a labor shortage. So in my mind, I think there, there is somebody not responding to the call somewhere and we've got more pastors than we need. And yet there's not enough pastors in the States. Like it's just, it's this, there's always a need, no matter where you go, any County, any community, any city, any church, you know, you call up a church somewhere in the States and the pastor will give you a list of a hundred needs that they have. So we can't be driven by the need and the fulfillment of our call. We have to be driven by where is God want to plant us so that in that place, we can most glorify Jesus and make Jesus known so that his church can be built. Right. And so, um, yeah, it is one of those things where I I think, yes, I think there's, there may be some pastors in America that maybe they should be on the mission field. Maybe they, they weren't sensitive to that call. And I think here's my, here's my hypothesis. All right. My theory. And again, can we prove it from scripture? I think there's principles, uh, that point to, uh, 
the fact that the calling of God, we should be open automatically to missions. Um, and here's the thing, um, you know, Spurgeon said it once, and it's, we repeat it today that, uh, you know, you ought to, if you're called of God, the first thing you should do is to prove that you're not called to go, right? That should be the default setting that I'm called to go. Mm-hmm. But why is that? What is the mandate to our call? So we established, Eric, right, that the call of God is to fulfill the work the Holy Spirit has separated you to, and that work involves the local church somewhere, okay, because the calling of God is a, as a pastor, an evangelist, mm-hmm. a missionary, is to the local church. So you cannot fill, fulfill your calling apart from the local church. Um, but what is the mandate to the call, right? What is the bottom line? You know, every president who's elected, he says, I'm going to do this because I've been given a mandate by the people because I was elected. So what's the mandate for the man who's called of God to do the work of God? Could you, what's just one, one summary, one verse, is there a verse that says, this is your mandate to fulfill if you're called of God? Well, are we talking about the Great Commission? I mean, for me, the simplicity yeah. of, yeah, the simplicity of Mark 16, 15. You know, I, I yeah. think of in Spanish. I, you have to remind me in English. I, in, in Spanish, <laughs> it's, y, y por todo el mundo, predicada el evangelio a toda la criatura. And, and, and the idea is that it, everyone needs to go, and we need to preach yes. the gospel to every creature. And, yes, you know, I, I was just, I'm preaching a message, a two-part message on the Great Commission. We're in Missions Month. And the first message there is a, a paragraph or two that I have where basically I was reminding people. I remember in my study just how this impacted me. And I wanted to share this, this idea that, you know, when once we're saved, so many people think, oh, you know, the priority of a Christian is to uh, uh, learn the Bible, although that is a great priority. The priority of a Christian is to uh, praise him. Uh, the priority for the Christian is to have fellowship with the believers. You know what, Josh? In heaven, we can do all three of those things better. And so if God's calling for us was to have fellowship with the believers, he would have called us to heaven right away. If it, God's number one priority for us was to know the Bible, well, he would call us to heaven already because we can know the Bible perfectly. If his number one priority was for us to praise him, we're going to do it better with perfect bodies without sin in heaven. No, his priority is for us to go out and reach the lost while we have time. And so whether that's in our Jerusalem or Samaria or Judea or the other uttermost, that is what he's called us to do. And I think for me, for whatever reason, the, the, the fists of America where we just cling on to everything. I don't know if it's an American dream. If it's a, And I didn't grow up with any money. So I didn't have like this idea that I had to have a big house or, or, or lots right. of cars. But it was so ingrained that you got to do these things that once I finally got out of that that mentality and culture, and I saw the need, and then it also was under great preaching of the word from my mm-hmm. my pastor and the missionaries. It's like my the scales of the eyes came off and said, "Whoa, we're missing everything." And I I'll be honest, Josh, I have told this to people. I didn't pray that God would not send me to India, but I was sure hoping he wouldn't because I don't think I could have cut it there very well. <laughs> that was a tough sure. place. But yeah. I remember coming home thinking, if God needs me there, I got to do it. I got these people back here don't understand. You drive for hours and you see nothing but people and all they have are these idols and every single one of them are going to die and go to hell. If you are a believer, 
you have to be affected by that. And I believe every believer should be basically as you, I love World War II history and I love seeing the lines of the yeah. guys who, as soon as Pearl Harbor happened, they were in line signing up. Well, there were people who were they called 4F. You know, they signed up, they wanted to go, but, but they weren't able to go for whatever reason. I think every Christian should be in line willing to sign up to yeah. go. And there are going to be people who are before F for whatever reason. God needs those people to stay back and hold the ropes. But boy, we have so few people in line willing to go. And I think that's kind of, we want to demystify this. So people are willing to get in line and say, whoa, I should consider this. And let me go through the steps. You know, let's check the eyesight. Let's check the hearing. Let's check everything like they do when they're preparing to go to war and see, no, you check out. You, you should be on the way. Now let's just see where you fit along the way. I agree. The mandate of the call. Didn't mean you know, to like, preach there. No, <laughs> preach it, man. Preach it. We need it. You need <laughs> to have that desire. It, we've kind of lost that in the States. You know, it's when a young man senses the call to preach, the first thing normally in North America that he says to himself when he senses the call to preach, right? The first thing he mm. says to himself is, oh, I'm called to preach. Where in America am I? going to pastor okay can I, can, let uh, me Molly, add one thing I, to that yeah yeah because because it because come to my mind i'll forget it later on i'm old absolutely one yeah. of our one of yes. one of our dear friends is dr don sisk and i heard him recently interviewed yes. and even what you're about to say is has changed over the years josh because back in the day he mm -hmm. said when you surrender when you surrender to god's call you either wore a, a pastor in the states or a missionary. Right. And so you, it was either or. He said, nowadays, the, the missionary is like 10th down the list. You have these media pastors and you have uh, music pastors mm. and you have all these, mm -hmm. these, these churches that have grown and praise the Lord for that. That people who are even called into ministry, they have 10 options before they even get down to missionary. And I, I think it needs to be that that list needs to be reversed. Yeah, we won't get too deep into that, but I do remember they did a Sorry. poll. On, no, I mean, <laughs> they did a poll on, um, they discussed that on one of the groups that we're on, on, on Facebook there. It's a pastor's group. And it was amazing to me to see what most pastors were responding. And they said, yeah, like one guy said, well, the way that I viewed a missionary was kind of like he was he was like the youth pastor, like you're sent out by your church and you're like you're like not a real pastor. You're like an extension of of your church. Now, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Are you an extension <laughs> of your sending church or is this an independent local church that you are pastoring if you're fulfilling the role of a pastor on your mission field? No, we'll get to that in just a second. But I think uh -oh. if the if the mandate Okay, to your call is the great commission because scriptures is the authority to the mandate and the Holy spirit says, I have a work. What's the work? Number one, to preach the gospel to every creature. Right. And so the first thing you ought to be asking yourself, if you're a young man who just sensed the call to preach is okay, where, right? Where do I then pastor mm -hmm. in North America? No. The first question you ought to ask is where on earth are there no preachers? And I'm going to start by choosing to go there. That's, I think that's mm -hmm. what led Paul in Acts 16, right? He knew he was mm -hmm. called to go and preach the gospel to every creature. That was his mandate. So he didn't need the Holy Spirit to nudge him specifically to choose a place. He said, hey, there's a place that doesn't have a preacher. I'm called to preach. 
And my mandate is to go where there are no preachers. So I'm going to go there. Now, obviously, the Lord led him because the Lord has a specific place for you. But if we compartmentalize missions and church work, if we compartmentalize, as, as I think we've done in North America, we North America sent out more missionaries per capita than you know, any nation in the history of the world. And as a nation, it's not America sends missionaries, but, but the church that Mm -hmm. is within the nation of America. So I'm not, I'm not knocking, obviously, I mean, America, God has used the prosperity of America and the nation and is blessed, I think, because the church that is within Mm -hmm. the nation of America has responded to the call and sent out missionaries, especially in the past. And, and so certainly this isn't to say it was done wrong, but I think it did. Maybe we, you know, we can always, there's always room for improvement and development. And if there's a lack of laborers, then somewhere along the way, we've, we've stopped emphasizing what God emphasizes. Either we're not praying for laborers or we're not emphasizing the call and work of God as it should be. And so I think when a young man says, well, I'm called of God, where am I going to pastor automatically uh, rather than considering where are the no preachers? I think part of that is because we have compartmentalized missions work and then the local church in America missions is just a program of the church that we do. And I'm going to make this statement. Let's talk a little bit about this, but I think that when we compartmentalize missions, okay. I think it's because we don't, what, what we tend to end up teaching is that it's not churches that plant churches. It's not churches that reproduce churches, but missionaries do on the foreign field. Now Mm -hmm. we understand Mm -hmm. in the States, like, well, churches plant churches, like churches reproduce churches. Right. And so that's a great concept. Uh, Mm -hmm. A good Mm -hmm. uh, friend of mine in the past, many people know him. Uh, He was the uh, founder of Baptist church planting ministries, passed away of cancer a few years back, but Earl Jessup, that was, that was his big emphasis. Churches plant churches. And I believe that a hundred percent is scriptural, but when it comes to missions, Mm -hmm. We kind of got this idea that, well, how can the church in Michigan plant a church in Senegal? Missionaries start churches on the foreign field. We send them. Now, are, are, we, a, are we an extension of the church in Michigan? So am I, is my local church here that I pastor in Senegal, is that under the authority of the local church that's in Michigan? Do churches plant church? Like, how does that work out? If in our mind, we think, well, missionaries plant churches, then you think, well, if I'm called of God, well, you know, I'm not called to be a missionary. I'm called to pastor in America because we've separated, I think, the mandate from the call. And it isn't missionaries who plant churches. Churches plant churches. But how does that work practically on the mission field? Um, I have my thoughts on how that's developed, but Anything you want to add before we get into that? Because I, I think this is, it's something that when you discuss it, it. Well, I don't, I don't think the concept's crazy at all. I mean, I think yeah. I hadn't overthought it. I didn't think I overthought it when for our first, we started with a Bible study for two months and the plan was the whole time were to see people come to know the Lord. And when that two, three months was up, if we had enough people, we would start a church. In fact, I invited my pastor to come down and preach the first message. And basically that's exactly what he did. He said, you know, in as many words as like, we have sent Eric and Holly down to your town to start a new, a new Testament Baptist church. 
And they're coming with the authority of our church. Now, once that church started, we became an autonomous local New Testament church. And we ourselves have done that two different times when young men from our church had a desire to go to different neighborhoods, different regions, and start their church. We went those first church services and said, hey, we're the Iglesia Bautista La Verdad. We're the Truth Baptist Church. And we have commissioned this this couple to go out and start that church. So I 100% agree that it is churches, even though we're the tip of the spear, it's no different than if I were going into the Dominican Republic, if I was going two towns over. We were sent out from our local New Testament church to start churches. And you're right. I think sometimes we have the focus on the missionary because he's the one that comes to the church. But it is the church behind them that 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 sends and, and helps plant the church. Well, that's exactly right. And I think that this is something that, man, there's so much more we can cover. We're already coming up on our hour if we haven't already passed it. And there's more that I wanted to add, but let's go ahead and save that for the next time. And we'll do a deeper dive, continuing into this concept of how do I know I'm called to be a missionary? I hope some of what we discussed uh, was a help, helped clarify. If you made it this long at the end of the podcast and were actually listened all the way to the end, why don't you send us some information? We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what's a great book that you've read uh, that's helped clarify the call of God in your own life. And uh, how has God worked in your life for confirming missions and confirming the work that he's called you to do? Well, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. And uh, we hope if this has been a blessing to you, that you would share this podcast with others that you would believe it would be a blessing to. Be sure to subscribe. If you're on Facebook, go to our Facebook page, Missionary Perspective Podcast, uh, Missionary Page, our uh, Facebook page. Be sure to go to our YouTube page and subscribe there. We need more subscribers so we can get that customized URL. And then if you're on any type of uh, podcast platform, Podbeam, Spotify, or uh, Apple Podcasts, be sure to subscribe, uh, leave a review if it allows you to, and uh, let us know how this podcast is being a blessing to you and give us other topics that you would like to hear from in the future. Well, Eric, this was a great discussion and uh, we will look forward to continuing this in the future as we continue to share uh, topics that relate to world evangelism from a missionary perspective. God bless. Have a great day. 